Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I'm so glad you're here today because we have an incredible guest with us, Tamsin. Tamsin is a playful performance psychology coach who knows how to make work feel like play. She's an expert in leadership development and executive coaching with a toolkit of support, training, and development to create high-performing organizations that rock. And thank you so much for being here today, Tam. It's such a pleasure to have you. I would love for you to just dive into your journey, how you got here today, and then we can go a little bit deeper. Of course. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honor to be here. So my journey, well, my journey spans a couple of decades now, um, which has been a, a roller coaster to say the least. But I think where I am now is really embracing fun and happiness and living a life that lights us up. And that has come from experiences, 20 years in corporate being, I suppose, trying to be put into a box. And many bosses have said to me that I'm like a, a square peg and they're trying to fit me into a round hole and that just doesn't work. So through years of being told that and trying to be put into a box and trying to conform to what society says we should be, um, what professionalism should look like, what women should do, um, how we should behave or all, all of that I finally broken free from it and I'm kind of you know what, this is me this is who I am and we can all live a life that is aligned to us without conforming to what people's other people's judgments and beliefs on us should be mm -hmm. absolutely because I think a lot of people do wear that and have to like whatever is told to them or they identify with what they're being told versus standing out being who they are and just really aligning with that internally too and I'm so curious what was your drive to even start your business in the beginning so I am I have been really called to make a difference and to make a difference even if I can make a difference to one person I, and I go into everything just thinking if I can just shine a light on on someone and even if it's one person I'll bring a bit of sunshine into into someone's though into a business or an organization or a team I really just want to make a difference and as I said I've, I've worked for, for 20 years in in corporate and I'm on a mission to change this but in the UK in in a lot of corporate organizations it's very much this is who you 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 should be this is who you you need to be and as I started my entrepreneur journey, I was speaking to people who said I left corporate and I left the workplace because I wasn't valued, I wasn't listened to, I couldn't be me, I didn't have a place at the table. And I felt the same. And actually, I started to change that in quite a big organisation because I think I'm quite, I'm quite confident and I don't let it lie. And so now I thought, you know, if I start a business where I can really help leaders and business owners to give their staff a voice and to help their staff feel valued, part of a team, that they have a place, that they are fabulous. Mm -hmm. And if they can enjoy it at the same time, 
everything in corporate is going to be different. Everything in the workplace is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And working for one organisation, I can't reach as many people as I could working for myself, going into many organisations. So that was really my driver as to why I wanted to start my business. Yes, no, and I appreciate that. And what inspired you to become a playful performance psychology coach? And how do you integrate playfulness into your coaching? So this is quite interesting because I, when I first started my business, I tried to conform. So I tried to be the leadership coach that society, even though I knew, even though I, you know, I had all the reasons that I had for starting my business to help change kind of that archaic micromanagement style I knew what I wanted to achieve but I thought actually to get into organizations and to and to have people listen to me I still need to be that white shirt blue suit person Mm -hmm. and I created a a lead magnet Mm -hmm. so I created a lead magnet and I'd been working with a lot of 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 directors and c-suite and leaders and the common theme was they wouldn't have regular sit down one-to-one meetings with their people they thought that just having a quick conversation at the coffee machine was good enough Mm. and actually as leaders we need to be having at least monthly meetings in a private environment with our people it's something that there's so much research and science behind that it really makes a difference so I thought okay I'm going to create a checklist a checklist to help leaders create one-to-ones create that that one-to-one process that helps to to increase performance, keep staff happy, really align with the company's culture values, all of that great stuff. So I created this lead magnet, printed it off and looked at it and it was so boring. It was so corporate. It was so not me. And I kind of took a step back, went for a walk, um, spoke to a few of my my coaches and, and my friends and people that really know me and decided actually... I want to make the workplace fun. I want to bring laughter into the workplace and happiness into the workplace. I've done the research. I've read enough research when I was doing my dissertation and my degree to know that actually if we, when we have fun, we're high performing. When we play and when we have fun, we're 20% happier. When we're happier, we perform more. So it's all linked. There's all kind of a thread that runs through it. And I thought this is what I'm taking into businesses, but my lead magnet is saying I'm really boring and corporate. So I completely almost threw that out the window and did a complete rebrand. So my website is fun, playful, colourful. My lead magnet is fun, playful, colourful. And when I say play, I don't mean necessarily taking all of the team to paintballing or putting your team up into a hot air balloon. It's it's more around actually having fun that's aligned to every single one of your team and aligned to your business culture. So it can be something as simple as Lego. I love taking Lego to the boardroom. I think having people building and creating together and almost blurring that hierarchy and having CEOs with admin assistants, building Lego houses together, that's where magic happens and that's where people have fun. So it's it can be really simple, it can be really cheap, it can re- be really cost effective, but it's that element of actually bringing people together mm-hmm. and 
what that means for the company and the the leaders and the team what that fun looks like will be different for every single team and it's really understanding what that is Mm, I love that because it does just bring this community together because you might have the CEO and then maybe an admin assistant, but being able to really cohesively work together because that's what it's about, a company coming together and everyone plays their part. But like what you gave the example with the Legos, building a house or building something, it's you really have to use your communication skills. And obviously you can speak more to it because you're there, but being able to really come together and create something beautiful and understanding. And I'm so curious because I know you do a lot of different team building exercises. I know you shared about the Legos. Can you share some of your favorite team building exercises or games that you have used with your corporations and clients? Yeah. Lego is one of my favorite because everybody remembers, you know, if you've got children or as a child, building whether it's lego or building bricks or blocks it takes us back to our childhood and our inner child and that is something that where we can just let those uh, preconceptions let those you know we all have to be adults we all have to be serious and we all have to be you know we all have to be very professional and not laugh and not smile and just be very serious all the time Mm -hmm. by taking people back to their childhood and and kind of that that inner child and bringing that inner child out that's when great things happen so actually my favorite activities are the ones that are so simple it's the taking people on a um a creative coloring course or bringing art into the boardroom or something where we're cooking together or or creating something together is where it's most impactful. The ones I've, I've had, I've had organisations who said to me, yeah, we definitely want to do this. We definitely want to do this archery, for example. We want to take people on archery, okay. We can do that, but actually you'll have some people that maybe don't, just don't want to be outside when it's raining or find lifting the, the bow heavy or with their eyesight, it might be difficult. It's actually, it, the, the ones that are, I think the most fun to me are ones that are aligned to the business culture and where we've spoken to everybody and figured out what they want to do. Do they want to do something that takes them completely out of their comfort zone or do they want to go to a, a fairground and, and, you know, play the, the coconut game or something like that? And it's it's the ones that are the simplest that are the most effective for me. Mm. And that makes sense because there's not as much that goes into it. It's more of just being present and you don't have to use certain aspects of your like thinking and your motor skills and all those things versus just like being present and knowing it's something familiar, whether it's cooking, coloring, Legos, like what you mentioned, it really brings it back down to just a level playing field in a way. Yes. And And what you don't want to do as an organisation is take people completely out of their comfort zone and make them feel uncomfortable and make them, you know, anxiety rise. I had a, um, you know, a a client wanted to take their their team up on a hot air balloon, which is, you know, which is, it sounds great, sounds very fancy, but actually what type of anxiety is that going to bring out in some people? Some people are just not going to want to go in a hot air balloon. And actually, then it makes the experience disjointed because some people will be doing it, some people won't be doing it. Some people feel they have to do it, but it will be anxiety provoking and they won't enjoy the experience. So it has to be something that 
caters for everybody and takes into account disabilities, anxieties, kind of mental health as well. You need to take all of that into account. And it's about getting to know your people. Once you know your people, you know exactly what is right for them and what will bring them together and, and bring that fun into the team. Yes, I, I love that. And it, it just makes so much sense too. And I'm so curious, how do you help maybe individuals or clients who may be resistant to the idea of having playfulness in the workplace? Because that is something that does, does come up. I can remember, yes. I've got a little story. I can remember when I worked in a, when I had my son, I took a, a little part-time job and, and I, I'm never very, probably a bit of a fault of mine, but I'm never very open about my experiences and what I've done in the past. Mm. I, I don't want to be this person that's kind of braggy and, you know, I've done this, I've done that. I just want to be part of, and, and I understand that, whilst I might know quite a lot there's people in the room that are going to know more than me and I can learn of other people so I'm all about kind of getting to know other people more than sharing what I can and what I can't do so I had this little part-time job and um, the manager said to me would you like to come and see a client with me and I thought yeah you know I'm I'm more than happy to in in the back of my mind in previous roles I'd managed multi-million pound clients so going to see a a small insurance client you know wasn't wasn't huge to me but you know he made out that it it was you know he was doing me a favor so yeah I'm going to go along looking forward to it and a colleague turned around to me and said Pamsy when you're there you have to be serious you can't laugh with them. You can't joke with them. You can't have a conversation. And, you know, that's not true. I've, I've managed very, very high value, very wealthy people, interacted mm-hmm. with high, you know, clients that have multi-million pound businesses. Of course you can. Of course mm-hmm. you can. They are still people. They are still individuals. Mm-hmm. And... I, so there is that resistance. There is that resistance out there that actually to to have clients and to have wealthy clients, you have to be serious all the time. But actually, even those wealthy clients, they still like to play. They still like to have fun. They still like to laugh. And it's, I'm not saying all the time, everything's pink, fluffy, rosy, happy, balloons and, you know, laughter, because yeah even though I, I, you know, high performance coach and I, I bring in play and happiness, some of my coaching sessions are very serious and clients might bring to sessions something that's traumatic. And we don't go into play and fun because it isn't right for that individual then. Right. So it's, it's about helping people to understand positive psychology for example you know my background is positive psychology but positive psychology doesn't mean that I'm always happy it doesn't mean that I think the world's always happiness and sunshine right. it's about being able to ride those waves when things are thrown at us mm-hmm. so for me it's all around communication and it's around showing clients and communicating with them answering their questions but helping them to realize and, and I bring quite a lot of, of research and science and stats into this that actually when our people are happier they are high performing and we can we can create a happy culture very cost effectively and quite easily it doesn't have to be difficult it doesn't have to be expensive and when clients see that then it's okay let's have a further conversation let's let's see where this goes and it you know it's it does it's not for everybody when I created my website I put it on a 
um, I'm in a, a membership group and I said, can I cat is a, a content group and I said, can I have can I have feedback on my website? And a couple of people said to me, there's no white in it. You need to have white in it. It's too colourful. I thought, great. My website is exactly what I want it to be because I don't want to appeal to the people that want that white. I wouldn't say boring, but kind of that conventional website. I want something that's different because I'll attract those people. Exactly. And I think it's just, again, what we were talking about in the beginning, being able to be yourself and not fit into what society wants to put you into a box, but being able to be the vibrant, energetic individual that you are and bring that to life because your website is very colorful. And I was looking, I was like, oh, I like this. It's fun. And it, it, that vibrantness is there because it's not just white and it's, and I understand a lot of people like that are experts in the website and just like industry, technology, whatever. <laughs> They're really good at them. They know that. But I think it's listening to your gut and what makes sense for you and attracting the right people that are going to come to your site and be like, this is different. This is what I need versus if it's just all white and black. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think I think if if people could live by that more and be, you know, this is me this is who I am. I'm proud of it. Some people are not going to like me, but some people are. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for every single person to be unique because everybody's Mm -hmm. unique. Everyone's amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't all want to be the same, do we? How boring would that be? So boring. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I agree. And I think we all have a place in this world and it's just, we're not going to be for everybody, but we're going to be for the right people. And just like what you were saying too, I I think that's a huge part of it. And I'm so curious, what advice do you have for leaders who want to incorporate more playfulness and creativity into their management style? So I would say be playful with it. Think outside the box a little bit. You don't have to start with massive, huge gestures. You don't have to start with the hot air balloon ride. You can just start with incorporating something, maybe asking questions that are a bit different. So I love brainstorming sessions. I think brainstorming sessions are fabulous. And I love it when we can get together in a room, we can have colourful beanbags and, you know, coffee and nice biscuits and a really nice, fun, colourful atmosphere because then people can just talk, they can be relaxed and they can brainstorm together. Just starting with small, small steps. Take your, do it, have a one-to-one, a one-to-one meeting. So have a meeting with your staff that's a bit different. Go outside, take them for a walk, do something, have some music playing in the background. When they come into your office, if you want to do it in your office, have fidget toys and um, Rubik's cubes and things on the table that they can play with and they can fidget with. Because actually when we're take our mind away and we're, I'm doing that because the Rubik's cube, I haven't got one here. Um, when we do something with our hands, actually it, it, it helps us to lower the barriers and to be a bit more creative so I would say start with something small start with something that you feel comfortable with but just have fun with it just have fun with it that's what it's about right yeah yeah yeah, absolutely and what do you think is the most important quality for a leader to have in today's ever-changing business world communication skills and listening skills they we have to be listening to our people. We have to be listening to what they need right now because what they need right now is very different to what they needed three years ago. 
and if we get to know our people we listen to them and we really understand them the business will move forward it's the same with clients if you constantly ask your clients for feedback and really understand what they need you can give them what they need right. and I think when we listen to our people we understand them better mm-hmm. when we listen to our people we can get some amazing insights we can really really get some some juiciness we've hired them for a reason they have amazing ideas and when we listen to them those ideas come out and when we communicate with them and and give them reasons behind something everyone's on board if you say to your people I'm going to have one-to-one meetings with you all every single month starting this month and Flossie you're the first you're going to put a fear of dread into them they're going to think oh my gosh what is going on Mm -hmm. whereas if you say to your people I really want to embrace the culture of the business and I really want to get to know you all and explore your ideas and understand what's working well for you what isn't working well for you how I can help you how I can support you Mm -hmm. and how I'm going to do that is by I really want to spend some time with each and every one of you. So I'm just going to put some dates in your diaries. They're going to be more excited about it rather than putting the fear. Thinking, oh, my God. So it's all about that communication and all about that listening as well, because when we communicate and when we listen, that's when we really get some golden nuggets. I couldn't agree more because I do think when we're actually listening to those needs, things can change, but also the genuine care of where are you at? What can I do to really support and foster this environment for everybody? Because you're going to have better retention too for your business as well, because you're listening to what is needed in order for them to do what they need to do and to have everything thrive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, like I say, our people, they really know people staff they really know they're the ones that talk to your clients they're the ones that know what's going on um should I share an exercise that's quite that's quite um yeah so if you so go back to that brainstorming session where you're you're kind of you're you're sitting down you're in your room you've got your colorful bean bags you've got some great crayons and pens and and snacks and goodies and it's all fun if you say to your people okay grab pen and paper I want you to write down for me our closing statements. I think think that our, our business is closed and I want you to write the closing statement. I want you to give me all the reasons why the business has closed. Mm-hmm. And what will happen is they will highlight all of the areas in your business that might not be working as well as they should be. And it might be ideas that you've never thought about that hasn't even crossed your mind. But because you're asking the admin assistant and your C-suite, your directors, you're going to get so many different responses and so many great ideas of where you need to focus your business on and where things aren't working right now. And that's quite a good playful exercise. Oh, I love that. And, you know, it's so interesting because years ago when I was in grad school, I worked at my graduate school and I heard everything because I was at the front desk and you just hear so much that's not sad or you're not supposed to hear, (laughs) but you hear everything. And it's so interesting, just like what you said, because when you're high up there, you don't always see the day to day, like you're not immersed in it. 
to some degree. Of course, maybe you are your one man or woman show and that's a different story. But like when you're running a company, it's just very interesting to see that dynamic. And that's what like popped in my head when you're saying that. I'm like, oh, that's good because it really can break those down of how people are seeing it. So you can get those different perspectives because you're not everywhere at all times, but being able to rely on your supportive team as well. Yeah. And also, as a receptionist, you're probably not going to go up to the CEO of the company and say, now, I think this is wrong with the company. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not the first day. <laughs> Let's be honest. So actually, by, by bringing an exercise where it's more of a storytelling exercise, you're going to hear that stuff that you need to know. And it can all be anonymous. You don't even have to have people's names next to it. So they can be truly honest. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Everyone listening, definitely let me let us know what you think. <laughs> Are you going to try it with your company? <laughs> yeah, um, and that's a, an example of bringing play into something actually quite serious. Yeah. And if you if you're worried about the future of your business and you really want that feedback, that's a way to make it a fun, playful exercise that gives you what you need and more. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing. And I'm so curious because building your business, I know you said you were in corporate for a long time and then you transferred into or transitioned into entrepreneurship. What were some of the roadblocks that you experienced while building your business? Oh, so many. You know, let's let's be totally honest and transparent. Being a business owner is really tough. It's really hard. There's so many roller coasters, there's so many mountains to climb. And Am I there yet? No, of course I'm not. I don't know anybody that is. It's always hard. There's always going to be hard days. Mm -hmm. For me, it's about having a support network around me. So having, having people that I can call on when it's tough and having people to say to me, yep, that's a really good direction to go in. I think you're on the right track or you know, actually maybe rethink that. And having those those people that really know you and believe in you I think is so important it's so important it's it's on those days when you think I'm just gonna give it all up because it's really really tough that you can phone somebody and say I'm having a tough day and they say to you I'm, I'm lucky enough I'm away for this weekend with with one of those people in my network that actually we can get through it together because if you're on your own and it's just you, it's 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 tough. When you've got people around you, when you employ staff and when you have people, it's slightly different. But if you're a solopreneur and you're on this journey on your own, definitely find that tribe of people that can support you. And also have a plan, know where you're going, know what you want to achieve and what you need to do have your annual plan, have your quarterly plan and know what you need to do every single day and every single week to get there even if it's just small steps even if it's just simply just one foot in front of the other if you're making progress it really does help yes absolutely those are definitely obstacles I think a lot of people have endured of just not having that support network and knowing who's your tribe and having those people that are going to lift you up and empower you in that process and I think that's a, a big part of it and also just knowing the tools that having, okay, what are those next steps? What do I need to do on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis to get to where I want to be? And I'm so curious, what are some of the tools that you've been using to build your business, whether it's technology wise or just anything else that has been really beneficial for you? So I think 
one of my my main tools that I use is my notebook and my pen I definitely am a, I love to grab a pen and paper and just write down my ideas and having quarterly plan planning sessions in the diary with people who are on the same journey as me so I know some people will go on quarterly planning sessions with with coaches or with with um with business owners mentors coaches I just like to grab a couple of or one or two or one of my my friends who are on the same journey as me and we just go out for the day and just do that quarterly goal setting and planning and then there's a bit of accountability woven in there as well because when we meet next time you know it's okay what have you done have you achieved that so definitely my my notebook and my pens are absolutely way up there I can't cannot live without Canva and I can't live without my Trello board so everything goes on Trello and I absolutely adore my Trello board and obviously it's very colourful and playful as well and I think my final thing is toys so I'm not in my office right now because if I was I would show you but I have Lego I have um I have a Daffy Duck I have a Niffler from um from Fantastic Beasts I have loads of uh, colourful cards and, and paintings and drawings and I have things that me and my son have made together I've got a BB-8 there's kind of my office is filled with toys that bring me joy and make me smile mm-hmm. and if we just have something around us that makes us smile and grounds us and just reminds us of all the great times that really, really helps, really helps. I think it's what you embody as well. And just speaking of like playful and what makes you smile, I'm so curious, what has motherhood and entrepreneurship been like integrating the two? Hard, really hard. <laughs> yeah, really hard. It's not easy. Being a mom is not easy. Being an entrepreneur is not easy. Um, <laughs> it's... I'm lucky now my, you know my, my son's 13 now and, and he, mm. he plays golf so he he goes out for hours and hours at, at, on on end with my husband so I have really good chunks of time where I can really spend it and focus on my business mm-hmm. but I've navigated the last 13 years with him as my priority non-negotiable so no you know non-negotiables my non-negotiables at that time with my son Mm -hmm. and if he says to me I want time with you he gets that time so obviously you know between the hours of 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 nine to five then it it might be slightly different if I've if I've got calls in but he's normally at school then but at the weekends and in evenings if he wants that time with me he gets that time with me Mm -hmm. and I think it's when we put those compromises in that really test us and don't feel right, then we're going to struggle. We're going to struggle with the guilt. We're going to struggle with I'm not happy being here because I want to be with him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's putting him first, mm-hmm. building everything around that. So when he goes to sleep, a bit different now because he's at the age where I'm normally asleep before him. But when he goes and, you know, goes online with his friends or is doing homework or is at the golf club well that's the time when he doesn't care what I'm doing right. it's when he says to me I want to watch a film with you or I want to build some Lego with you because yes we still I you know yeah. I still take Lego home with me we still sit there and build Lego I don't want him to hear the words no I can't I'm working 
when actually it isn't nine to five it isn't when you know he he should be at school or, or whatever I want him to hear yes I'm here for you because I know that he's not going to be here forever you know he's 13 he wants me less now than he did five years ago so that time's precious and I think as parents if we compromise it we will we will regret it and that, then that what that will happen is it will compromise our happiness because we're not happy because we feel like we're missing out so if there's something that that's is that non-negotiable make it non-negotiable and say this is this is I'm protecting this with everything I'm this is my protected time that I'm you know we all go to bed at night we all go to sleep mm-hmm. make whatever it is that will challenge you and make you internally unhappy mm-hmm. just protect it and make that your non-negotiable mm, I love it non-negotiables are so important because that's at the end of the day too we can always work more do more things but that quality time with the people that we love and care about you can never get that back and you know nobody on their deathbed says I wish I worked more is that saying and it's true and you're embodying that again and just what you're really making time for your son and knowing that he has his mom there and that I think that's beautiful and so important and what I've done this year is I've really made a, a conscious effort of filtering that out to other people. So including my husband in that, including my friends in that, including yes. my parents in that, because actually, yes, that time with him is so important. But there's time with other people that yeah. also might in the past, and, you know, I, I did a, a, a four year degree. Of course, there was times when I had spent I had to spend time on my dissertation. I had to spend time revising. I had to spend time writing essays instead of seeing my parents, seeing my friends, spend time with my husband. So now's the time when, okay, now I'm going to make sure that I have those pockets of time where I really spend time with the people that I love because that is what makes me happy. And that's where, you know, my friends, my friends always, always laugh at me because I always come up with weird and wonderful things. Like, okay, if I meet you here, can we do this? Can we do that? And I find these fun and playful activities do when we're out. So we have fun and we make memories yes. as well. That's what it's about. Uh, Every relationship. I think relationships are so important. Just even coming from marriage and family therapy background, like I think that's the foundational piece of everything, even just in the work environment, making it playful, making those connections, like what we're talking about, the communication factor and being able to have that quality time versus having to put it, shelve it. And of course there's things that are going to come up and we have to take care of and that's life, but really making it a priority is what I'm hearing. And I think that's what it's about. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It really is. It really is. And I'm curious, because of all the situation through your entrepreneurship journey, through corporate everything, what has been maybe one of the biggest lessons you've learned on this journey that have really shaped who you are today? The the most pivotal moment for me, even though I thought I knew it, even though I thought I was abiding by it, was seeing that checklist that was so corporate and so bland. And trying to fit into a box just doesn't work if it isn't aligned with you it just doesn't it just it doesn't make me happy and I know it doesn't make other people happy when we try and conform and we 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 listen to other people's judgments and biases and subjectiveness and experiences rather than making our own way Mm -hmm. and so for me it really was that moment was almost the the final sprinkling on this amazing cake that had been being built over the last you know 40 odd years where that there 
in front of me was I know deep down what I really want to do. I know what value I'm adding to the world. I know what difference I'm making, but I'm still hiding behind something that's bland and corporate because that's what society says. Mm-hmm. And it was that that was really pivotal. That was kind of the, I think the chocolate sprinkling on, on the top or the gold sprinkling on the top that was like, yeah, okay, that's going out the window. I'm throwing that away and I'm really going all in on, do you know what, this is me, this is me. Mm-hmm. I love it. And that's what it's about. It's about being able to shine through and sometimes it takes individuals longer because of society, because of what social norms are and whatnot, but it's throwing that out the window and focusing on what resonates with you because when we shine brighter, more people are attracted that are the right people to us, whether that's family, friends, clients, organizations, anything, opportunities, it just makes more sense because it's so aligned. Absolutely. I just want to know, I know you kind of mentioned with the obstacles, what has been really beneficial when it comes to just the entrepreneur journey, but what are maybe one or two tips in addition to that, that you could give us that people that are listening that are on this journey that they're like, I need to know this. (laughs) Just keep going. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. JK Rowling how many times did she have to take her book deal to publishers to get published Walt Disney I think 303 rejections he got to build a theme park if you and we and and I and and you and everybody listening doesn't continue we're letting our future clients down if you think of somebody who is so impactful in your life right now just think of somebody it might be a shampoo that you use it might be your favorite book it might be an actor a singer if they had given up when it was tough they wouldn't be impacting your life right now and every single person from Walt Disney to JK Rowling to Tom Cruise will have felt at some point that do I continue with this is this really is this really all these knockbacks do I just give up do I just give up because it's hard for everybody every single person it's the people who push through that barrier that succeed mm-hmm. we, we're all capable of amazing things every single person is, is capable of amazing things and just keep going just remember all those famous people and all those people that you look up to that make a difference in your life if they had stopped and gone the other direction they wouldn't be impacting you right now It just shows how much power we have within that can come and really transform our worlds, but those around us as well. So that just that hit me how many singers or artists or any capacity that I know personally that have impacted my life and what happens if they had given up. I wouldn't know them. I wouldn't have been inspired by them to do what I'm doing or anything along those lines. So you're right. Just keep going. I I love that tip. I think that's one of the most powerful ones we can do. <laughs> yeah, because I can guarantee every single person has thought, this is hard. Am I, is this space right for me? You know, that imposter syndrome would come into every single person out there. Guaranteed. Well, Tam, where can people find you, use your services? We're going to link everything below, but if you could let us know too. Yeah, so really nice and simple because I like to keep everything simple. So I'm Tamsin Hall, so it's Tamsin Hall Coaching. 
I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, and my website is tamsinhallcoaching.co.uk. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your beautiful energy, the light, and everything that you are doing in this world. I know I appreciate it, and all your clients and organizations, and all those that will be working with you in the future. But thank you again for coming on, and we will see you all on the next episode.